What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 13 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you guys are all having a great Friday. Today is January 29th. I cannot believe it is already February, but at the same time, I feel like uh, January was, you know, a couple months put into one. Um, I think I credit that to just wanting it to be 2021 so bad. But it feels like this month has definitely dragged out. I feel like there's been so many things that have happened, um, you know, non-sports-wise, but just so many things that have happened in the world uh, since the start of 2020. But I think it'll be good to, um, you know, get into February and, uh, you know, have the Super Bowl and, you know, just start having, I don't know, just... I, I just hope that eventually it, it'll snap um, and we'll kind of realize that uh, we are, you know, further along in the world um, in terms of where we were at in 2020. It's crazy that it's, you know, already going to be March and, um, you know, we're about to, you know, be a little better in terms of uh, cases and covid and everything but you know we'll see we i you know all we can do is hope all we can do is pray but um it's still crazy nonetheless that we are kind of still in this thing but you know things seem to be on the up um but yeah like i said i hope you all had a great friday um you know it it's uh school time and in full gear for me as i've talked about before and i'm, I'm slowly realizing that this semester is definitely going to be a lot of reading, a lot of um, mental uh, focus for me to just be able to, uh, you know, continue to do well in school, continue to do well with my grades. Um, but I'm not I'm not too concerned with it. I, th I think it'll be a great semester. I think a lot of things are on the up. Um, my fraternity will be able to uh, recruit guys this semester. Um, so that's great. No, I, I think the semester will be great, like I said, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. But uh, without further ado, let's get into some news. Um, it, uh, what's it called, The Weeknd actually reported, the artist The Weeknd reported this week that he is actually going to be releasing a Greatest Hits album, which would be titled The Highlights, prior to his Super Bowl performance on uh, February 5th, as he reported this um when he had his latest interview with Billboard, um, this 18-track uh, album includes uh, Save Your Tears, Blinding Lights, In Your Eyes, Can't Feel My Face, I Feel It Coming, Starboy, Pray For Me, Heartless, Often, The Hills, Love Me Harder, Acquainted, Wicked Games, The Morning, and After Hours. Um, I, first of all, I hope this, this, um, highlight album reaches, uh, and gets to a vinyl. That'd be really nice. But, um, I feel like a lot of these, uh, songs are, it's obvious as to why they made the cut for this, um, you know, this CD. I don't necessarily think a lot of people are speculating whether or not, this will be um, the set list for the Super Bowl, um, but if you've ever seen the Super Bowl halftime performance, it's about 15 to 18 minutes, 
and um, I don't think he can put 18 songs in that time frame, um, but I would not be surprised in the slightest if his uh, Super Bowl halftime show consisted of 80 to 90, if, if not 100% of the songs that are on this list. I feel as if each of the songs deserve um, deserve to be on here for sure. Uh, the weekend just has such a incredible discography, um, so many hits for so many different time frames of uh, just life, you know, like when Beauty Behind the Madness came out um, and he had the hit song Earned It with uh, Fifty Shades of Grey and, you know, Starboy, he was just on his uh, Michael Jackson-esque and with After Hours, I think it's um, honestly his most uh, complete work in my honest opinion. Uh, so yeah, it's it's definitely been a great year for the weekend, despite um, despite being snubbed at the Grammys. I, I just don't think at this point um, at this point he is really um, you know tripping about it. But um, he did uh, come out and say that uh, he uses Sucker Punch as an analogy to when he's thinking about um, his snub because it hit him out of nowhere and. Uh, he didn't feel uh, he didn't know if it was sadness or anger. He he felt as if it was, you know, mostly confusion, and he kind of just wanted answers as to why it happened to him. As all year, you have blinding lights chart. He had blinding lights charting. After Hours was one of the most critically acclaimed albums of the year. He's rattling in awards at other shows, and everybody's saying that he should be running and sweeping through the Grammys. And the fact that he didn't get a single nomination. Um, it, it's very, very mind boggling, but it, it sounds as if he, um, is in a good space about it. Um, he, he's, he's talks about how he personally does not care. Um, and he does already have three Grammys, but those actually mean nothing to him now. And it's unfortunate. He feels as if it's unfortunate for artists that are, um, you know, not on the same level as him, as a lot of times when you're coming into the game or you are an artist, the first thing that you uh, think of is, you know, I want a Grammy, but um, he feels as if this, uh, as if his snub um, show, showed the world that, um, you know, what's the point of wanting a Grammy, you know? And to an extent, I can, you know, really understand uh where he's coming from, I feel like, um, you know, when you're talking about the Grammys, you have to put into thought that a lot of these award shows are going to unfortunately give it to the most popular or the, you know, the one that was on the radio the most this year. As we saw Bruno Mars sweep through the Grammys, we've seen Taylor Swift sweep through the Grammys. Um, and I think that's why uh, this this one definitely hit a little bit harder as, like I've said, After Hours has been charting the entire year. Um, Blinding Lights recently reached number one again after a year of being in the top ten. Um, the first song to ever do that. So, you know, it's it's definitely just crazy to think about. You know, it's, it's not as if The Weeknd, um, you know, he got five or six nominations and he didn't get that uh, record of the year or the song of the year or even the album of the year nomination, those big awards. He didn't get a single nomination, not one. And it, it's, it's just, you know, I, I just don't understand the message that the Grammys are trying to send to the people 
if they truly think that after hours and the weekend you know weren't deserving of any nominations um i don't know how um that's you know possible with uh the way that we like i've said the way we've been able to kind of see the grammys and how they do um nominates and how they kind of judge uh to a to an extent obviously um there are times where it feels like the right person does get it. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like that is never outweighing the amount of people that are either not nominated or were nominated and were completely snubbed. I feel like we got a taste of this when Macklemore somehow beat Drake with Nothing Was The Same. He beat Kendrick with Good Kid Mad City. He beat Kanye's Yeezus. He beat Jay-Z's Magna Carta Holy Grail, you know. 2013 was a great, great year for, um, for hip hop. As I just talked about, those are probably the top four, top five albums from big, you know, there was a year where every big artist that I just mentioned dropped and somehow, some way Macklemore beats those artists, you know, not to, not to take anything away from Macklemore, but that is what I'm trying to talk about. You know, it's, it, at the end of the day, I think we've all come to the realization that it's definitely who was the most commercial, who had the biggest hit on the radio, who has the songs that people are going to know. So I think that is why um, The weekends coming out and saying that this is kind of showing like, what the hell are you guys actually doing or thinking of? I think he has a right to do that. You know, it's it's just crazy. You know, this man uh, deserved um, to run through the Grammys, and I think everybody and their mom knows that, but I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing his Super Bowl halftime performance. I think uh, this will be, you know, unfortunately, this isn't an award that you can, you know, like put in your closet, I'm mean, not your closet, just like you can hang and display for everybody. But at the, at the same time, it is a huge award. You're going to be playing in front of, I think there's about 20,000 people in Tampa that will be attending the Super Bowl. But at the same time, you're going to be playing in front of, you know, millions that will be tuning in uh, legally and illegally through streams. And you're going to be putting on a great performance. I have no doubt um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be some next level stuff as, uh, I, I, the weekend did say that he put $7 million of his own money into this Super Bowl performance as, um, the thing that him and Etso have been focusing on is making the performance a cinematic experience for those who are not in Tampa. Um, and I, I feel as if, um, this year specifically, um, has uh, kind of, I think this year alone has kind of pushed him in that direction. I, I don't necessarily think he would have not gone this hard, say their stadium's full and COVID never happened. But hearing um, and reading about how excited he is to give this performance and the term cinematic and the term experience. And, you know, it, it just seems as if this man has something up his sleeve that, you know, we should all be excited for. And I'm excited for him to put on for the world. I'm excited him to just kind of get his time in the spotlight as he, you know, he, he put out, you know, I'd say 1B 
in my honest, you know, 1A would be Circles in for 2020 for best albums, but 1B not it's not a, as if it was worse or I didn't like it as much as Circles, but it was right there, you know? And if you have not listened to After Hours already, I highly recommend it. I'm sure you've heard Blinding Lights. I'm sure you've heard Heartless. Um, so I, I really highly recommend this as Abel put together a masterpiece. And, um, you know, I guarantee when you listen to it, you will understand why this is the biggest snub in Grammy history. So I'm lo- really looking forward to this halftime performance. Um, and yeah, shout out to The weekends. Um, in other in other music news, though, uh, Kid Cudi's intergalactic album slash TV show finally has a release date, but it unfortunately did get pushed back to 2022. Um, if you want me to be completely honest, you know, I saw a lot of articles uh, coming out and saying that uh, Kid Cudi's Inter- intergalactic was pushed back. Um, and I, I think the reason why people uh, were able, the, well, the reason why people were able to first find out about this before Cuddy spoke on it very briefly on Twitter um, was because Netflix actually released, um, I guess they just have a show title for it now, is as if you do go to Netflix on, you know, whatever you use and you type in intergalactic, it will pop up and you can click on it, but there is no trailer yet. Um, there is nothing to preview besides a little intro to it, which says, based on Kid Cudi's upcoming concept album of the same name, Intergalactic, this adult animated anthology follows a young man on his journey to discover love. So, you know, just a little brief intro. Like I said, no trailer, nothing that we can actually watch yet to understand where or what we will be seeing. Um, but I think if you have been following this for a little bit, um, I think you can you could kind of uh, feel as if Cuddy wasn't going to be releasing Intergalactic this year. I mean, the way he talked to Zane Lowe uh, about Man on the Moon 3 and how much, um, you know, pushing, not necessarily pushing releases back, but not, you know, getting on himself for uh working and just kind of going at his own pace and rhythm it's been able it's it's allowed him a new uh creative space that he hasn't felt in a long time and uh he just doesn't have any pressure on himself uh to really you know come up with something instead he allows it to happen naturally and that's how we're able to get you know one of the best albums of 2020 i'd say that's my 1c or 1d um for uh, you know, best albums of 2020, as we talked about in the other podcast. But, you know, the fact that people are saying it's pushed back, I don't, I mean, yeah, I know when he first spoke on it, he did say that it was likely for a 2021 release, but that was never quite confirmed. So I wouldn't necessarily say it got pushed back. I think that um, Cuddy had a tremendous 2020 um, outside of music as well as he starred in We Are Who We Are. Um, he also has two movies upcoming this year. Um, one got a trailer that came out the other day. I can't quite remember what it is called. He's also, um, I don't know if he will be in Malcolm and Marie starring uh, Donald or um, 
what's it called? Denzel Wa- Denzel's Washington's son. I think his name's Donald James Washington or something like that. He was the star in um, in Tenant uh, and also um, Black Klansman. Uh, and also Zendaya is in that movie. But Kid Cudi was promoting that. I don't know if he'll be a side character or if he was just a producer. Um, and he also, you know is working with Travis on the Stots. I, f- I feel like people, um, you know, that are not understanding um, why cutting maybe push this back, I just don't think they're real fans or they just don't really pay attention to the news because um, I feel like Cuddy, regardless of music, has um, a lot of content that is either in the works or, like, going to be coming out this year. Um, so this, this man's just been working hard and I, I, I don't feel as if he pushed it back. I feel as if there have been other endeavors that have come, um, you know, in front of him and he's taking advantage of them and he, you know, it, it's really, it's really cool to see. So I, I feel as if, you know, we got to keep supporting the man. Like he's, he's grinding out here and, and I, I, I have no doubt that intergalactic will be something next world. I um, when he first talked about it, to my understanding, I thought that every episode would be the same as the show is titled the same as the album name. Every episode would be the same name as a song on the album and it would follow that song and that's how it would all connect. I don't know if that is confirmed. That was what I was understanding, but if that is the case... I mean, if somebody can tell me another example of when an artist has done this, I would love to see it. I know that Drake has done short films, um, you know, for his work. I know he did that one for views. I know he's done um, some in the past, but excuse me, I'd never have um, heard of an artist simultaneously with the release of an album releasing an entire TV show um with it so i i'm really excited for it i think kid cuddy's in his bag i think he's gonna be doing great let alone he's also working on that kid see ghost animated show with kanye um possibly a kid see ghost 2 in the words um you know i i just don't think we need to be concerned that kid cuddy and intergalactic is going to be put out in 2022 because there's going to be plenty more of possible content that doesn't quite have a release date yet, but is in the works. Like I just mentioned, Kids See Ghosts 2, the animated show for Kids See Ghosts, um, the Scots with Travis Scott, um, you know, the multiple movies that he is a part of as either an actor or a producer. Kid Cudi's going to be owning 2021, 2022, 2023. Um, I really enjoyed... Uh, I'm really just enjoying seeing Cuddy happy, and I think that we all should at the end of the day, you know? There was such a, I don't want to say a long period, but there were, there were you know, periods of time where Kid Cuddy um, just, he, it didn't feel as if he wanted to really be here. It didn't really feel like he wanted to take part in uh, you know, the music industry, let alone making some of the albums that he has in the past. And, you know, I, I just think that now that he's such, you know, he's in a better place and 
uh, you know, he just seems to be extremely happy and um, just feel it feels like a new energy from Cuddy, you know, it, it, and it's really cool to see. And, you know, especially following this Man on the Moon 3 release, you can just tell he's in a better space. And that's just good to see. I think that's good enough. And we should just appreciate it. You know, he um, did post uh, a series of Instagram stories. You know, the first one was said, from here on out, you will see me glow in everything I do. I will show the world I'm a true force and nobody can stop me. I think it can happen and I will make it happen. It does not matter if you hate me. You're going to have to watch me glow. That will always bring me a smile. I'm not going anywhere. To everybody out there that's been watching me all these years, you ain't seen shit. I am God's messenger and I am not done here. To all my friends and family that have been riding with me since day one, thank you so much. I will not let you down. I am special. I am worthy. I am chosen. You know, I, I just... That just it, it makes me very happy to to see Kid Cudi at the level he is at right now and the headspace he's at. He just seems to have gone through everything that he needed to go through in order to be at the level he's at now with uh, happiness, with all the relationships in his life that he's talked about and how much he loves that they are all good now. It, it's just good to see. And I'm really excited to see where um, Kid Cudi goes next. Um, but yeah, I know one thing though, it will unfortunately not be at Coachella as, uh, Coachella for April, 2021 has officially been canceled. Um, I don't really think this is a surprise to much people that have been, I don't know, following the news for the past year, <laughs> but it's, um, you know, living in California, I understand that is, it is still very much a hotspot for, uh, COVID. And, um, you know, the cases have been going down um, where I am in San Diego County. They have just reopened um, out. I mean, indoor dining and outdoor dining. I don't think indoor, actually outdoor dining. Um, I don't I think they're going back to the tier system as well. So that's a good sign. Um, and these vaccines are slowly getting pushed out as well. So, I mean, in all honesty, this is not a surprise. Um, but I, and I, I, I just also don't think it's going to be pushed back in, you know, for an, until 2022, you know, if you want me to be completely honest, I think the only way, um, it gets pushed back until October of this year is if they do Coachella at a, um, at a limited amount, at a limited, you know, amount of people. And just, uh, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, you're gonna have to be required to maybe prove that you have the vaccine or you're gonna be required to, uh, take a test, uh, you know, a few days before, I don't know how they would do that in the state of the country. And I don't know if it'll be that much better. I, I assume that we will be at a very, very better place in October, but I don't think that it's worth the risk. And I think that the the most likely thing to happen is Coachella will happen again in April of 2022. So yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's definitely something that is going to have to, uh, you know, come later down the line. And I have no doubt that eventually we'll get to that. But, um, I thought it was interesting that it actually officially got canceled. Like I said, I didn't think it was too crazy, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but in NBA news, uh, the Lakers, unfortunately, got um, no longer have an undefeated 
road record for the year as they did lose two tough games back to back on Wednesday and Thursday night against the 76ers and the Pistons. Uh, the 76ers game, um, it, it it was definitely, in all honesty, I, I honestly just don't, didn't think the Lakers deserved to win that game. Of course, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't have appreciated the W, um, but there were just too many. We are just playing from behind the entire game too much. Um, too many offensive rebounds, too many, you know, just dumb, dumb shots. Uh, but we, you know, to, to our credit, we did make a huge comeback. Um, and we did take the lead with 14 seconds left to go in the game. Uh, as LeBron hit Anthony Davis on a backdoor cut to take the lead by one. It was a 14 nothing run in the final three minutes of the game to take the lead. But uh, Tobias Harris shut that down. And he hit the game winner. So, you know, it's unfortunate. But LeBron did have 34 sits and sits. Anthony Davis finished with 23 and 8. Um, and then on the other side of the, of the ball, Joel Embiid had 28 and sits. And Tobias Harris had 24 and 7. That may, you know, this... this uh, oh, and also Danny Green was, you know, somehow hitting threes. I, I just thought that was crazy. But this 76ers team can shoot the ball better than I thought they could, if you want me to be completely honest. Um... You know, I think um, the way Tobias Harris is playing, um, if Danny Green is actually hitting is actually hitting threes for this team, uh, Seth Curry as well. He he only had two points in this one, but I know that is that was a great pickup by this team. Um, you know, I I don't think they have much depth in terms of outside their starters, but if um, those top seven, eight guys that they are playing can, you know, alleviate the pressure off Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, uh, by hitting those shots when they do have the defense collapse on them. This 76ers team, uh, not can, but will be dangerous in the playoffs. Um, they just have, I think Joel Embiid is a dominant force. Um, you know, if, if LeBron doesn't win the MVP this year, I, I really think he will. Um, and he's just, you know, it, Joel Embiid's potential is still yet to be reached. If he can consistently hit a jump shot, I mean, before Giannis can, and the way that he's already able to just back guys down in the paint, hit those, he his his touch is so soft as well. I I, I think this team is just, you know, gonna be great. And you you add Ben Simmons, he had 17, 11, and 10. I think he is now 12th in NBA history with um the most uh, 12th in terms of triple doubles. Um, and I mean, he's only in his fourth, fourth year now, I think third or fourth year. So, you know, the 76ers team can be really good. Uh, trust the process is definitely, um, working. I think, uh, Doc Rivers also giving them a new sense of, uh, you know, just, just a new, just, just a new identity really, you know? Uh, so I, I think, um, it, it was definitely good of them to get that coach. But like I said, they don't have too much depth at the moment. And I think that'll be the one thing that, the Lakers still have the advantage over in most in most uh, cases when comparing the the team to other guys. Um, but yeah, and I I think um, you know the loss to the Pistons was a lot worse than this, obviously, um, as Detroit does stand fourteenth uh, in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, five and fourteen on the year. It was it was definitely a tough game to watch. It really it was similar to the to the um seventy sixers game in terms of, you know, playing from behind and 
you know, never really having a moment to breathe, you know, and if you let a, a team that is hungry, that is 14th in the Eastern Conference, that's playing the number one team, if you let them linger on, linger on, you're, you're not giving them a reason to quit. And then in the fourth quarter, um, you know, from eight minutes to two minutes, the Pistons are up by, well, you know, they start that eight minute with eight minutes left to go. They're up by one and, you know, that you allow them to go on a 14 nothing run. You don't score anything in the final, you know, six, seven minutes. And, you you know, you score a couple couples, uh, uh, garbage minute points. But from that eight minute span to the two minute span, you score zero. You're just not going to win a game in this league. So it was really just frustrating to watch. Um, but I, I mean, you know, the Lakers now sit at 14 and sits third in the Western conference. I wouldn't say that it's near time to panic for Laker fans. I think that this was just a case of, you know, coming off an emotional, tough loss to the 76ers, um, having to play a bat to bat and go, uh, into Detroit you know, it, those games are always tough. You know, I feel like there were a couple cases of when the Warriors had their dynasty and they came to Staples back-to-back years and just got blown out by the by the Lakers because they um, were coming off a back-to-back and they were playing the Lakers team that, like, you know, just had no business competing with them. So th- those games are always tough, and that's why I don't think the level of concern should be high. Um, you know, they're... Uh, you know, there is still three or I'm mean, not three games, two games left on this, um, seven game, uh, road trip, you know, hopefully we can finish the road trip five and two, get, get, get a win over the Celtics and Hawks. But, you know, I, I don't think that this is a huge concern, especially, uh, like I said, coming off a of back to back being the fourth and fifth games of a road trip. Um, that is seven a seven-game road trip nonetheless, so you still have two more games away. So, you know, I, I, I really don't think this is this is something to be concerned with, and I, I think we'll be just fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, Celtics uh, tomorrow night at 5.30 should be a good one. Um, you know, Celtics, Lakers always, always put on a show. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. But, you know, somebody that I did talk about, um, in my last podcast was Bradley Beal and how I felt bad for him, how he deserved to be traded and at least be on a, a um, you know, winning team. Not necessarily, you know, I'm not saying he needs to be on the le- legitimate contender like the Lakers, the Clippers, but at least be in, you know, a top eight team in either conference. And, of course, uh, that night that I talked about that, this man goes off for 47. What a game by him. And, of course, the Wizards again lost by 18 points to the Pelicans. You know, um, it, it, it it's just, it's unfortunate, you know. People asked uh, Bradley Beal after this game is if he is frustrated. And his response was, is the sky blue? So, you know, it, it I, I just, I just feel bad for the man. You know, his last six games. 47 points and six assists, a loss. 33 points, five rebounds, loss. 31 points, seven rebounds, loss. 34 and nine, a win. 41 points, loss. 60 points, loss. It's just like, how much more does he have to do? And like I said before, I really felt like going into this trade with um, the Wizards and the Rockets, uh, 
you know, it, it would definitely, it was definitely going to be interesting how it would play out. But, you know, I did not think that the match with Russell Westbrook coming back to play with, you know, an actual two guard, you know, he's not playing with James Harden anymore. He is going to be reunited with Scott Brooks. I thought this would be a really good matchup. I didn't necessarily think they were going to, you know, completely be a better team than the Rockets, but I thought that they low-key won the trade. Uh, you didn't know how John Wall was going to be coming off of an injury. And, it, it, you know, day by day, it looks as if the, if, if the Rockets truly won this trade, you know, they have now won four straight. They're, uh, they're definitely heating up. I think, um, you know, getting rid of that toxicity of James Harden in the locker room for the team definitely helped them all come together and realize how much they wanted it and wanted to ride for each other. So I'm, I'm sure that helped. Um, but yeah, like I said, they're heating up and the Wizards are literally ice cold. You know, Bradley Beal is the first player in NBA history to lose 10 straight games where he scores 40 points. That is just not something that you want to hear about that's not a stat you want to hear from your star player you know what I mean so it is it's definitely something that needs to be uh needs to be worked on for the Wizards if not he deserves to be somewhere else um I know a possible location for him landing would be the Heat uh, I think I think that'd be a very interesting to play out especially uh, with Jimmy Butler, I'm, I'm sure you could just move it, move him to the three, four, and then Bradley Beal be a two. Um, they already have some solid guard play with uh, Gordon Drogic and and uh, Avery Bradley, so I think that would be a great addition for the Heat. But you know, any team in the NBA would should be calling the Wizards around trade deadline time when um, you know. That it, everything starts to heat up. I feel like every team that has the salary space and you know can do it uh, should be. You know his his talent is it's there. There's no doubt about it. So we'll see how it plays out for Bradley Beal and the Wizards. Um, but all you can do is hope for the best for the man. I I think he's been very loyal to Washington and um just the entire fan base for a while now through everything um so yeah i i just don't think that there's any reason as to why he has any loyalty left to the wizards i think he's given everything to them and he hasn't really received much in return only a couple playoff appearances as the lower seeds and yeah so we'll we'll see we'll see where that goes but um yeah i mean in in some nfl news um you know of course, Deshaun Watson uh, officially requested a trade uh, yesterday uh, via Ian Rappaport as he did, he did have a no trade clause, uh, but by virtue of his contract, he is allowed, you know, to, you know, decide which places would be acceptable. Um, so basically what that means is since he does have a no trade uh, it, it, since he does have a no no trade clause, um, he has the last say in whether he signs uh, that no trade clause to go away. Um, so basically, what Ian Rappaport is saying is that he has the option to basically tell the Texans which suitor he wants uh, to possibly get a trade to. 
um, in order to sign that no trade clause because if he doesn't sign that, that means the Texans can't can't trade him, um, and that means that they can't just send him anywhere because he won't sign it if they just you know make a trade with a team he doesn't want to go to. And who knows what Deshaun Watson will do if they don't trade him? You know, is he going to sit out the season? Is he going to allow? Um, you know what I mean? Somebody else to step in for him, uh, in the Tetsons and, uh, just not play the year. I mean, the Tetsons new GM, Nick Casario actually came out today and he said that organizationally, we want to reiterate our commitment to Deshaun Watson. We have zero interest in trading the player. Um, so I, I find that extremely interesting as I feel like this has been, um, you know, there are some extremely notable quarterbacks who are um whose futures are really just we don't know what will happen next year this this offseason and what this offseason will bring obviously Deshaun Watson is at the forefront of that um especially with the possibilities of where he can go but uh you know other quarterbacks who are in question we have some big names. We have Aaron Rodgers, um, likely to stay in Green Bay, but who knows? Matthew Stafford, who is already working on with Detroit on getting somewhere else. Dat Prescott, he's coming off of a major injury. Um, and, uh, you know, will he get franchise tagged? Will he get that four-year deal he's wanted? Uh, we have Sam Darnold, you know. Will he, will he uh, be a Jet still, or will they draft Trevor Lawrence and try to get Sam Darnold out of there? Will he be Trevor Lawrence's backup? Will they have a competition? We'll see. Carson Wentz, is he going to be staying with the Eagles? I know the Eagles coach uh, today at his press conference said that they have two great quarterbacks that they're willing to work with. But, you know, when Jalen Hurts got the starting job, uh, Carson Wentz came out and said that, you know, he, he was open. He, he did not want to play in the Eagles anymore. He was just, you know, physically and mentally drained. And I think, you know, a, a new home would be best, you know, but that contract is still an iffy one to work with, especially the way Carson Wentz has been playing the past two years. That'll be interesting. Jared Goff, um, you know, him and uh, Wilford will be having an open competition, uh, supposedly, according to some Rams insiders. So we'll see what happens with him. Jimmy G, will the 49ers trade for Deshaun Watson? Will they keep going with Jimmy Garoppolo, who has been injury prone? You know, they did make a Super Bowl run and unfortunately lost to the Chiefs. But are they going to uh, continue to pay Jimmy G the, that money they they have been? Or will they try to trade for Deshaun Watson? Um, a younger, I don't know who, I think they're about the same age. But I, I, I mean, in my opinion, a better talent than Jimmy G. You have Cam Newton. Is he going to stay with the Patriots? Is he going to go elsewhere? Um, Teddy Bridgewater, that's another one for the Carolina Panthers. He did sign that bid deal this offseason, but uh, reports that him and Deshaun Watson are linked to a are linked to a trade. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, I know he played great um, towards the latter half of the year, but there were just so there's been so much inconsistency um, throughout the years, and that'd be hilarious. I mean, if Deshaun Watson ended up a Chicago Bear, or, you know, I know Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were picked after um, Mitchell Trubisky at three, but that'd be crazy if Deshaun Watson ended up going back to Chicago. Uh, you have Jameis Winston, who, who I honestly think uh, will be staying with the Saints. Uh, but who knows? You know, he only did sign a one-year contract. He is a free agent. We'll see what Drew Brees is. You know, I know that it's about 90% certain that Drew Brees will be retiring, but maybe he doesn't. 
Uh, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who uh, has been playing kind of the um, the reliever, uh, the reliever quarterback for the Miami Dolphins this past year. Um, you know, he he led the Finns to a five and two start. I'm pretty sure, and uh, you know, two, or not five and two. I think they were maybe maybe three and two, three and one. I don't remember, but you know, he and there was there was plenty of games where he would come up in uh, four quarter situations to secure the Dolphins win because Tua was not able to. Um, push them ahead by too much, or even get benched. So we'll see what happens with Ryan Fitzpatrick, what he decides. You have the comeback player of the year who, you know, a remarkable story that is an Alex Smith. Will he come back? Will he play another year? Will he try to run it back with the um, Washington football team who played, honestly, pretty good, um, you know, for the division they're in. They, they held their own against the Buccaneers who are now going to the Super Bowl. They were, you know, they only lost by one score in that game. And, uh, you know, I can't, you know, we'll, we'll see if he wants to play again. And uh, lastly, you have Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he has uh, his other two drafty, his, his other two uh, quarterbacks who came in the same draft as him are now retired with Eli Manning retiring the past year and Philip Rivers announcing, you know, uh, last last week. Uh, we'll see how he how he responds to uh, the Steelers year this year as they did start 11 to 0 but they, they it was definitely rocky after that and unfortunate loss in the wild card round to the Browns so like i said um plenty of quarterbacks that are um you know futures are just in the air you know a lot of a lot of big time talent in that list uh but Sean Watson is 100% at the forefront of that and, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not surprised that the Tetsons GM did come out and say that he's not, um, you know, he that's that's the, not the type of player that he's trying to trade. But that could also be um, a strategy on his part as he understands that Deshaun Watson does not want to play for the Tetsons. And he's coming out and saying that, you know, we're not going to trade him still regardless um, to get teams to possibly give them more for him, uh, be a harder bargain. I mean, Deshaun Watson is worth, in my opinion, three firsts um, and a QB swap. If it's not three firsts, uh, I mean, at least two at the very least. But I think he's worth three. Um, you know, if it's not three, though, like I said, two and maybe a third or fourth round pitch plus a QB swap. And then if you if you think about these other teams that are maybe just switching, like a Dolphin situation, you know, are, are you willing to give that that up? Are you willing to give Tua up, the, a person you drafted high last year in the draft? Like, you know, it, it's definitely very interesting. Um, and it, it'll, it'll be really, really good to see um, Deshaun Watson just playing at the level that he can be. Uh, whether that's for a Tetsons organization that, in my opinion, doesn't deserve him, or if it's for a new organization, it'll it, it's always just fun to watch when Deshaun Watson's on the field. So that that'll definitely be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I I um hope you guys enjoyed this last episode of the week of um of January. Next time I see you and talk to you all, it will be. February 1st, um, this upcoming Monday. So, uh, thank you all for tuning in. It's been a great month a great first month of the Gino Spirito podcast. I've been wanting to do this for a while now, like I've, I've mentioned before, and it's, it's been everything that I could have wanted and more. I appreciate all of the support from all of my loved ones, from people that, you know, I have, 
haven't even been in contact with and you know giving me love still i i, I really appreciate it and i hope you you all know how how thankful i am for all the support um but yeah like i said i hope you all have a great weekend and i hope you all are um excited to tune in for the first podcast of february so yeah i'll see you all soon thank you so much